0: The words umpire and empire don't seem to have anything in common. In fact, the former rules over its subjects, while the latter arbitrates between two subjects. But is the first letter of these words slowly becoming the only difference? Are umpires making sure the game is under control, or are they trying to take control of the game? Let's talk about it. Play ball! Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the ball and mitt podcast, a willy-nilly talk show about baseball life and the occasional knee slapper. So grab your cracker jacks, sit back and relax. It's gonna be a doozy. Here's your host, the bee's knees himself, Brian Brammer. Hey, baseball fans. I am your host, Brian Brammer, and this is the Ball and Mitt Podcast, episode five. I read something this week, And it made me chuckle, not full on rolling on the floor, gut busting laugh, but that short under the breath laugh, because you felt you were the only one that got the joke. But at the same time, you weren't sure it was a joke and didn't want to embarrass yourself. That kind of chuckle. Well, Rob Manfred is flirting with the idea of introducing a tackier ball. Yes, you heard it right. A sticky ball. And I quote over the long haul. I do think the idea of a baseball that is tackier and eliminates any human variation, whether it's the way it's mudded, the use of tar, whatever, would be a positive for the game. How would this be a positive for the game? Oh, here, Mr. Robber Guy, so you don't have to break my window and steal my stuff, there's a key under the mat. Soon, we won't even have to purchase baseballs. Just go to your grocery store Drop a quarter in those vending cubes and use those green globs that stick to the wall. You know exactly what I'm talking about. They come in those round plastic bubbles. They're right beside the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle tattoos and the Skittles. And in, in an attempt to keep pitchers from cheating, we are going to create a ball catered to their cheating habits, and then they will no longer cheat. And what galaxy would that work? Let's move along. We've got a lot to cover today. My goodness, has the 2018 baseball season started off with a bang. We've had no hitters, almost no hitters, fights, stare downs, Joe Kelly being Joe Kelly, closers opening games, sluggers batting leadoff, and nonsense ejections. It's the last of these that I want to touch on today. As we all know, ejections can only come from the umpire. If he wants to toss you, he can, and no one's going to reverse that call. Let's be honest. The game of baseball is played and officiated by men who have their pride. I get it. I understand. But enough is enough. There's your pride, but then there's your ego. They're not the same. Pride allows you to take ownership and be passionate, while ego moves one to blame and be dismissive. There have been 51 ejections so far through the first two months of the season. This pace is actually the lowest it's been in a while, In an article posted by Fangraphs last year, other than 2016, the amount of ejections has increased each year dating back to 2012. But it's not the amount of ejections that concerns me. It's the reason for these ejections. Of course, some of them are warranted. The rumble at second base with Odor and Bautista is a given. And, And I'm not a big fan of Odor, but anybody that slugs Bautista, high five. There's the other one between Tyler Alston and Joe Kelly. That brawl. So those are reasonable ejections. I want to talk about the quick triggers and the poorly executed management of the umpire. And especially this year so far. I know it's only two months into the year, but we've got past years as a context, and I think it's coming to a head this year. So I want to take a look at a couple of observations, five actually, that I've made this year about umpiring in general. So the first one is the official rule book. I'm going to go over what MLB actually says about the umpires what they can can't do. Then we're going to look at the quick hook on players and managers, then the anticipation or assumption factor. Uh fourth, we want to look at the double standard that we see and then the blatant missed calls. Okay? So those are the five things we're going to look at. Um so let's go ahead and, and get get started. So I have been perusing the section, I think it's 9.0. It says 9.0 on the website, but then when you open up the rulebook, it's 8.0. So either way, 8.0, 9.0 in the MLB rulebook. And most of what pertains to the umpire is included in this section. The rules use the phrase, has authority, four times in the first part of this section. And the remaining rules all have a spirit of, do not ever question an umpire because he is permitted to do what he wishes, whether it's good or bad. That's the tone. Now, I understand this is what authority means. The umpire is the ruling official on all things that occur. Whatever he says goes, and he does not even have to give an explanation. He doesn't. I mean, what can an umpire not do, actually? Would he be punished if he did something that the league did not approve of? I think we would assume he would be. But would the public, the fans and players, even know about it? Should we know about it? why are such things involving an umpire kept under lock and key i've mentioned before that i am not a conspiracy theorist i have better things to do with my time like watch cartoons but the combination of the rule book giving the umpire all power without transparent accountability in place gives these umpires a certain chip on their shoulder one that i that i think should be knocked off with great power comes great responsibility and accountability but if those latter things are missing, the power becomes too great. and overtakes and changes the very thing it was supposed to arbitrate. In the case of baseball, it ruins the game. Now, before I move on, there are umpires at every level of the game, and a majority of them officiate the game with humility and pride. They are fair and just and seek to keep the game pure rather than getting in the way. But at the big league level, since it's on stage, on TV, a lot... I think we're seeing the umpire as judge, jury, and executioner, and that's a bad look. So to summarize this first point is, I don't know, maybe maybe some off season we need to kind of look through the rule book, not even just the umpire section, but but all of it, comb through it very finely, and take out some stuff, include some stuff, clarify some things. And just look at what's going on. Like, we need this reform. We don't need a revolution. I'm not saying we completely change the game. There's some out there that, that are saying, hey, let's stop being, you know, old fuddy-duddies. I can't believe I said that word on air, but most of you are going to know what I'm talking about. Let's stop being traditionalists and let's move this game into this century and get rid of everything in the past. That's silly. You don't ever forget the history. But I think the rule book. Instead of just adding these one-offs or changing these things, kind of patching it. You remember growing up and you got a hole in your jeans and your mom would take that navy blue fabric that didn't match the denim and would patch the little square and it was kind of cool, but yet, no, it wasn't. Yeah, that's what MLB is doing. You got these jeans and there's just a bunch of discolored patches that don't fit and then they'll rip them out and replace them with other ones. We need to stop doing that. That's not helpful. Okay, second observation I have is the quick hook on players and managers. I mean quick. Why are so many players and managers ejected so quickly? Why does it appear that some of them are honestly just discussing and chatting about a call in a calmly manner, a calming manner, only to go irate once tossed? It's almost as if the umpire gets enjoyment out of watching a guy lose his mind. I want to take a look at some recent ejections to paint a picture of what I'm talking about. May 28th, umpire Mark Rippinger, or Rippinger, apologize if I butchered your name, ejected Angels catcher Martin Maldonado. Maldonado was caught out looking on a low strike. I think it did honestly clip the strike zone if we're going to gauge it by that annoying stupid square on the TV. Now, Maldonado had a couple of words for Rippinger as he heads back to the dugout. Maldonado was conceding the call and moving on. He wasn't holding up the game. He didn't make a scene. And as his back was turned, he gets tossed. Why? What is the point of that? Other than maybe he ticked you off. What is up with the quick hook? Fans are there to watch the players. Why are you going to take them out of the game for voicing their opinion in a respectable way unless you were just bored and you weren't getting attention. May 27th, home plate umpire Tony Randazzo ejected Astros manager A.J. Hinch. Hinch was apparently chirping from the dugout about a missed call uh, to Bregman during Altuve's at-bat. You know, don't chirp from the dugout. Kind of an unwritten rule, I guess, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. And Randazzo continued to stare into the dugout as Hinch is talking. So he's not letting the play unfold, it's kind of like he's giving that stare down. And then he pops out of his crouch in the middle of an at-bat and yells, don't tell me what to do. I'll look where I want to look. Then tosses hench, probably to prove a point. But what point? That he can toss him? We know that's what you can do. its I don't want to say it's part of your job, but we know you have that authority. You're not impressing anyone. But you disrupted the game, Tony. It was fine. Ignore the chirping. I mean, if it's going on forever and and he's not listening to you when you say stop, stop, and warning him after and after, then then maybe. And I don't know what's going on, but he's in the dugout. He's going to get over it eventually. There's somebody. Altuve was in the batter's box. The pitcher was set. Why are you gonna come out from you know behind the catcher and make a scene and and not only toss him but talk to him? like he's a 10-year-old boy. I don't I don't know. I I can't I can't really give any more commentary on that. Okay. Uh third example here, May 27th, same day. Umpire Doug Eddings ejected Diamondbacks right fielder Steven Souza Jr. A low called third strike called by Eddings didn't sit well with Souza. He showed his frustration, not anger, not rage, but he showed his frustration by tossing the bat. I don't I saw this, I don't even know if it's tossing the bat. you know how you throw your arms to the side or you throw them up in the air in disbelief or frustration, and then whatever is in your hand, if it flies out, it flies out. I don't think he was deliberately chucking the bat. I mean you can clearly see that the the bat got stuck on his batting glove and it actually looked a lot worse than it really was. Souza even stated that himself, and I have no reason not to believe him. He's got nothing to lose by lying. Eddings was quoted as saying that the bat toss, get this, was too aggressive, and he, meaning Eddings himself, needed to take control of the game in that situation. What situation? Do you know what a situation is? Not a, f- a frustrated batter who lost a grip on his bat. That's not a situation. A situation usually has two competing sides that are going against each other, and then there's a scenario, and there needs to be a, there's a, I can't think of the word. Two people don't like each other. There's a situation. There needs to be, it needs to be remedied. Can't think of the actual literary terms, but you get what I say, and a situation is protagonist, antagonist. They crash. There needs to be a solution. They figure it out. That's a situation. And these are just some of the examples in the past month. This didn't even address the horrific cause by Angel Hernandez. I think that is actually how you say his first name. I think I got that right. I'm not going to be able to remember that or continue to say that consistently, so we're just going to go Angel, okay? Now, I know the rules state that balls and strikes are not to be argued, and if they are, a player or manager is to be ejected. But an umpire does not have to eject the player. Why are umpires so quick to pull the trigger? I understand that we, the fans, are not aware of the conversations that go on in between innings or on the field but there has to be more legitimate causes for ejecting a player or manager other than it's just what you want to do. Out of all three of those ejections I mentioned above, none of them had to be implemented. They weren't out of control. They weren't delaying the game. There was no issue of safety. What I don't understand is why you have to eject a player. That's what everyone is there to watch. Ejecting a person should always be the last resort after several warnings. Umpires can seek to make sure the game remains under control without having to eject someone. I would argue that a quick trigger shows that you don't have control of the situation. Hey, he's getting on my nerves. Uh, he wouldn't shut up last time I called a game for this team. Let's toss him so they don't have to deal with him anymore. See, I think ejections are the surgery when the prescriptions and the therapy aren't working. Okay, I need to get some water. Let's take a little break for some Knuckleball Trivia. Welcome to Knuckleball Trivia, the part of the show where I try to stump you with the riddle or question, and you search Google for the answer. Too late. Beat you to it. Not going to find it there. At least I hope not. All right, this question is short, but I'm giving you a little break from my rambling, and here it is. Players and managers have been suspended or thrown out of ball games. We know that even unruly fans have been booted from the stadium. But only one umpire has been accused of cheating and banned from baseball for life. Who was he? Now there's a hint in there somewhere, perhaps the structure of a sentence, a particular nuance that might let you know time period, not specific, but just general. Okay, so let me repeat it again. Only one umpire has been accused of cheating and banned from baseball for life. Who was he? You have until Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern to figure it out. All right. Back to the topic at hand. Observation number three. The anticipation or the assumption. We see this in all sports, honestly. But I think it's the most impactful in baseball. A batter approaches his at bats based upon the count. Officials, umpires in this case, oftentimes anticipate a player's reaction and therefore see something that isn't there at all. I think this occurs on a regular basis. I do not think an umpire should make a call immediately. You take a mental snapshot of the play or a pitch, you wait a beat, and then you make your call. With how pitchers move the ball so much these days and the late breaks on the ball, if an umpire calls a striker ball too soon or anticipates the result, it's going to be wrong. Now, taking this up a notch, umpires will also anticipate a manager or player's reaction to their calls. To toss a player because an umpire thinks a player is questioning his call or giving comment commentary on what just happened is irresponsible as well. Let it play out. Do not assume everything revolves around you. When you make a play, do not look or try to find a reaction. Again, if you are looking for something, you will find it. How about you find the strike zone? I kid, I kid. All right, bottom line. An umpire can't take a biased approach when making calls. He can't already make up his mind before a play has been completed. I know know this sounds silly, like who would do that? It happens. You see it in the NBA all the time. They anticipate how someone's going to react. And then when they don't, they've already made a call and they look silly we're humans we we anticipate things or we make judgments it's a flaw of ours so here's a scenario for you man on first leads off and the pitcher attempts a pickoff the play was close but the runner slides back safely this happens again and again the runner slides back safely but this one was even closer now what should the umpire be thinking what do you think he's thinking we've no clue but I guarantee 9 times out of 10 if the pitcher attempts a pickoff for a third straight time and it's just as close, the runner's going to be called out. It's almost like the umpire saw that the pickoff attempts got closer and this third time it will result in an out. He assumes something that could be probable, but it doesn't mean it will actually happen. It's almost like he's rewarding the consistency of the pitcher in the first baseman. And I understand consistency and rewarding a pitcher who keeps hitting his spot or a player who's really patient at the plate giving them the you know giving them the call we saw that with Michael Jordan all the time so so i understand that to a certain extent but call the play as you see it not as you thought it should have happened or how you wanted it to happen now this sounds easy but i know it's not i've umpired for just a year with uh, 12 and under And it was just myself. It wasn't like me and somebody else. It was just me behind the plate. So when there was a play, I actually had to run and do something. And it's difficult. I can ignore the parents. But when you've got two coaches that aren't really cheering on their guys, they just want to beat each other because in middle school, this coach took this coach's girlfriend. I don't know. But it's, it's not that easy. So what I'm saying, I'm not saying I could do it. Or we all need to think, I could do a better job. But they're professionals. This is their job. This is what they're hired to do. Do it correctly. Take pride in that. Again, I know this isn't an exact example that I just gave. But these assumptions, they they do exist. And I know being objective is very difficult. But like I said, it's the job. It's a tough job to be subjectively objective. That actually makes sense in this context, if you think about it. Maybe I'm being too picky but i believe this happens and the umpire is okay with it because well he's the one in charge and basically what he says goes in my opinion that needs to change all right objection not objection i keep i think i keep saying objection observation number 4 the double standard so angel hernandez let's let's talk about him i don't want to pick on any one umpire but that is the title of this episode umpires and he's an umpire So here we are. On April 29th, C.C. Sabathia got into a shouting match with Angel. Sabathia felt he was getting squeezed, so the arguing began. C.C. is quoted as saying, don't talk to me. Just call freaking strikes. That's edited, of course. Reports and video seem to show that Hernandez was going for C.C. at the end of the inning. Aaron Boone actually stepped in and said, you were going after him. I mean, you can read Aaron Boone's lips saying, CC is, is going to the dugout and you're chasing him. Now, why is the home plate umpire on the warning track of the dugout in between innings? Please correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the home plate umpire supposed to wait on the inside foul line of the team up to bat? That might not even be a thing anymore, but the point is this, he shouldn't be instigating the team in between innings or even at all. Here's where the double standard comes into play. Whenever a player comes at, quote, comes at, like maybe attacks an umpire or follows him around to make a point when the umpire is trying to ignore him, he'll get tossed in a matter of seconds, fined or, or suspended. But the umpire can roam free. Forgive me for bringing up this older example, but last summer there was another incident in which an umpire did something that he would have tossed a player for if the player did the same thing. White Sox pitcher Derek Holland questioned the call, a uh, uh, called ball, By umpire Bill Welke. Nothing big. Bill Welke decided to step out and approach the mount. Here's Holland's comment. I thought it was unprofessional to walk out and tell me he's going to show me up. Those guys aren't accountable for some of these things. And I agree. Also, the rules do state that no swearing or cursing is to be directed toward the umpires at any time. Um, I'm not the best at lip reading but the umpires curse just as much as the players and managers. The umps will even toss a guy and then let him continue arguing after the fact. It's almost like the umpires saying, I'm going to let you talk to me and argue and curse, but time out, let me toss you so I can get my two seconds of fame, and then we can get on with the verbal manslaughter of each other. It just makes no sense. Ejecting a player has become a spectacle and not something that's enforced for any real Reason, if you feel threatened by a player or manager, yes, handle it, eject them. But we're talking physically threatened, not bruising your ego. Deal with it. Those umpiring pants are big so that you can hang all the stuff on it, wear the knee guards underneath, so you obviously have your big boy britches on. Let's use them literally and figuratively. Let those words go in one ear and out the other. Again, not that simple, I know. But you're going to be a better umpire for it. The game's going to be better. I just think that's part of the job. Okay, and observation, got it right this time. Observation number five. The missed call. Who remembers Ann Kinsler's words last August about Hernandez? Here it is. No, I'm surprised at how bad an umpire he is. I don't know how for as many years he's been in the league that he can be that bad. He needs to reevaluate his career choice. He really does, bottom line. Todd Frazier also had some words earlier in May. After the Mets uh, lost to the Braves 7-0, Frazier shared his frustration. Uh, The New York Mets quotes, there's no accountability, Frazier said. I'm getting really frustrated with these guys in the last five or six games that put you in a hole. Something has to be done because the more we talk about it, the more frustrated I'm getting. Now, let's be honest. Umpires actually get anywhere from 90 to 95% of the calls correct. So you're you're thinking I'm being nitpicky with that type of consistency. But in, in Todd Frazier's outburst was based on an actual strike. It was called correctly. So I want to emphasize that not every complaint by a player or manager is legit. Sometimes they're upset and need a scapegoat for their poor performance. Same with the uh, uh, the crowd, the fans that yell at umpires. They're just mad because their team didn't get a call. That's all. Just ignore the just ignore the fans. However, okay. However, missed calls need to be addressed by the league. They do. Some of them are game changing. A lot of them aren't. Most of them aren't. But some of them are, and and they need to be accounted for. I don't mean to, I don't mean those close calls that get analyzed by a Microsoft during a Microsoft a microscope uh, during replay. By the way, replay needs to go away, in my opinion, but that's for another day. I'm talking about the calls in which an umpire just didn't do his job. We have Adora's recent slide on Simmons about a week ago. That was obvious. I know I did a pop-up segment on Rizzo's slide, so I'm going to sound pretty hypocritical, but this one I think was a lot worse and more blatant than Rizzo's. There was the two blown strikes called as balls by Hernandez in May in which Craig Council got tossed. I don't know how that was missed. Twice. I like to assume a gnat flew into his eye and he didn't see the pitch two straight times. What's the probability of that? It sometimes makes you wonder what's going on in the umpire's mind. There was the admitted blown call between the Yankees and Orioles in which a lead runner was technically passed by the trailing runner. The umpires didn't record the appropriate out, but Jerry Meal said, and I quote, we were incorrect. This isn't a huge uh, deal, but it's still an example of an umpire failing to know the rules of the game. It's like this. The rules of the game are similar to a company's policies or protocol. There are regulations and job requirements that need to be adhered to in order to stay employed. If an employee doesn't adhere to this on a consistent basis, there are consequences. I'm not talking about simple mistakes or even large mistakes, really. It's different. It's a failure to do your job properly. It's work performance. Not this thing here or this thing there. It's neglect. That's the issue. An umpire's job is extremely hard. My goodness, back in the late 1800s, umpires would man weapons in order to protect themselves from unruly crowds. It's been recorded that one umpire offered to participate in a bout of fisticuffs to the largest one in the seats. It's a war out there, both physically and mentally. And honestly, players, managers, and even fans could learn to chill out a bit. Some reactions to bad calls are just straight-up foolish and uncalled for. I mean, listen, it's competitive And you love the sport so much that you made it your career as far as players go. But be a man and control your emotions. Self-control is the hardest yet most beneficial and mature character trait that an athlete can possess. So I don't want to completely harp on the umpires. Players and managers and fans have a responsibility to act appropriately and take a chill pill. However, umpires have to do a better job and their bosses need to ensure that this happens. Now, there is one organization that is doing things right, and their name is Silbo. That's S-I-L-B-O. Silbo is the managed marketplace connecting amateur sports games with qualified sports officials. Silbo was founded by a group of officials who wanted to improve the entire ecosystem of sports officiating in addition to their on-field performance. They noticed the need to shift the officiating market from analog to digital, to provide officials easier and greater access to games. Through Silbo, their web portal, league, club, and tournament administrators easily upload and manage their games on the Ref Exchange Marketplace. Referees use the Silbo mobile app to select the games they want to work. Using Silbo's digital payment platform, referees automatically bill admins at the end of every game. Admins don't have to worry. Payment is automatically sent online and on time through direct deposit. All information is tracked and auditable. Referees and umpires send feedback directly after a game is completed through the Silbo mobile app, giving administrators and refs a more granular view on each game. Check them out at gosilbo.com. That's G O S I L B O.com. It's a great website, it's a great product. Don't delay, go check it out. Now, join me next week when I offer my suggestions on how the league can improve the overall managing of the game of baseball. Spoiler alert, it's not allowing more replay challenges, and it most certainly isn't instituting an automatic strike zone. Get out of here with that rubbish. Okay, let's wrap things up. All right, welcome to Three Strikes. This is a segment where I give you some advice, and you decide to take it, or not take it, or stop listening to the show. Strike one. Is it just me, or did Bryce Harper look like he was wearing his dad's clothes while sporting the Vegas Golden Knights jersey? Maybe those hockey sweaters are bigger than I thought, or maybe it's the skinny jeans or leggings or jeggings or whatever they're called. But I'm sure Gordy would tell you to find something not too big and not too small. Strike two. Baltimore Orioles VP of Baseball Operations, Dan Duquette, says that the O's are keeping Hanley Ramirez under consideration. They currently have four players capable of playing first base, so this seems silly. Just remember, if you ever have made a decision you regret, don't sweat it. There's always someone else out there that will one-up you with an even worse decision. Strike three. Don't ever tell yourself, I'm going to eat before I go to the stadium because the food is just so dang expensive. You know you can't help yourself. You'll end up spending more money and having two dinners. But then again, two dinners isn't actually that bad. And you know what? Just bring a pair of sweatpants because you know you're getting dessert on the way home. That's three strikes, and I'm out. See ya! Well, folks, that's a wrap. This has been a Ball and Mint podcast production. Take a gather at our website, and remember to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Farewell, baseball fans!